Welcome to Love and Other Investments, where we talk about finances, but more importantly, how finances impact relationships. My name is John, and I'm a financial planner. And my name is Jeff, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And this is Love and Other Investments. And today, we're kind of pondering an idea of what would happen, I'm sure it's never happened in the history of the world, that two people in a relationship um, who have jobs that they both feel are important um, and are helping sustain the family find themselves in a situation where um, due to a move, due to maybe going back to school, maybe a job change, maybe a desire to open a business or whatever, the family finds itself having to decide which job has priority. Jeff, could this cause some stress in a marriage? <laughs> right. Like, like none of us know the answer to that already. <laughs> of course, of course it does. And I don't think it's really all that <clears throat> uncommon anymore. I mean, if you think back in the 1950s, the nuclear family, you know, back when Technicolor was just coming around, you know, before everybody mm-hmm. lived in black and white. Um, you know, there was typically one wage earner and one caregiver. So if the wage earner got a promotion that required moving to another city, they just moved to another city. Yeah, that's just kind of how it was going to go. Maybe there was, you know, some thought of, but I really, you know, this is where our family is, or these are where sure. all of our friends are, and so I this guess... This is where our school is. Yeah, so yeah. I guess maybe you've got to find a new job if you don't take the promotion, right? Yeah. But now we live in a different society with some different cultural pressure. Um, People are considered much more um, egalitarian and equal in the relationships. And um, this creates this 50-50 buy-in, which is more common now. And that actually now creates some challenges. So I can imagine some of our listeners might be thinking, well, the simple solution to this kind of dilemma is... Uh, whoever makes the more more money, that's the one that you have to stick with. I'm going to bet that that is predominantly um, felt by those who make the most money in their careers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the other one might protest. Is might that what you're protest. saying? Yeah, yeah, right. right. You know, what if you love your job and it's important and you're serving people and it. You know, it's what gives you your value, and it's who your identity yeah, your is. purpose in life. You went to school for this before you met your person, and now, you know, you're doing your thing. And I've got to give this all up because their because, W-2 is bigger? Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, I think there are plenty of people actually in my profession who are in situations like that where they feel as it, it's like a calling. And it's not about the money. You know, you, you do the work because you want to make the world better. Yeah. Not because you're trying to get rich. And you feel like your spouse, who may have the larger income, is facilitating you being able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And now they're saying, hey, I've got this opportunity and I kind of need to move. And so right. you, you, know, you, you need to adapt. Right. How do you do that? So I can imagine this kind of becoming a stalemate. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, you would be a fan of saying that stalemates can be hard on marriages. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, not not just a stalemate too, but also the reenactment of a patterned way of interacting that's maybe not so helpful. You know, we've talked about this idea before that a lot of arguments in a relationship 
have a kind of loose script. Mm-hmm. And if one person says one thing, then the other person says, you know, the common reply and back and forth and so on. And if you if you ask someone, either person in the relationship, if you know if they could complete the argument, complete the other person's side of the argument, um, mm-hmm. if you just ask them, they would be able to do it. Um, so, in a sense, it's kind of memorized, right? These arguments, right. Uh, the pattern is there, and it's kind of memorized by both sides, and each person plays their part in that script. So, even if the object of the argument changes, yeah. Right. Which is really interesting to think right. about is right. we know how to have the same argument over nine different topics. Exactly. We have a pattern. Right. We, we, okay. You tell me what you want and what I want. Okay. We know how to argue about this. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, the vast majority of those um, don't don't end well. You know, it doesn't end in resolution. Right. To whatever the conflict is. So I think to the extent that a situation like this um, triggers that kind of a script you know, people go down a path that's perhaps familiar and uncomfortable and then get stuck at some spot. You know, maybe that's the moment to be raising your hand and saying, hey, I think we need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to go to therapy or necessarily needs to go to therapy, but for some folks who get pretty stuck, it's maybe a good idea to have a, you know, an outside party look at that situation. I want to throw an idea out. You know, we've said this a bazillion times, that there's a lot of resources in your family. You know, it's not just money, right? When, right. when most people go, hey, you know, what kind of resources do you have available to you? You know, you pull up your app and check your checking account, right? Right. That's not what we're talking about. Lots of resources. But I'm kind of thinking one of the resources that, unfortunately, we play with too much in relationships is the relation or is the resource of power. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of seems like how much power I have in the relationship um, is a dangerous resource to play with. When, when power is used against your partner, mm-hmm. as a club against your partner, there's a problem. If you're having arguments, you know, we're talking about a specific argument right now, like, you know, some opportunity perhaps or some dilemma that you're having to... Um, having to navigate around, you know, say a new job or a new, you know, starting a new business or mm-hmm. going back to school or something like that. Um, w- when power is used as a club to solve that kind of problem, nobody wins. Everyone gets beat up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to be thinking about how, how to use that power in the service of the relationship. You know, I, I was kind of talking earlier about the old nuclear family. And, you know, we kind of would, I think, casually agree that in the old days that, you know, the husband was in charge. We don't need to go nuts with that. But yeah. And now we would want to believe that we're in a situation where, for the most part, couples are in a 50-50 situation. There's more equality in how we address these challenges. And so when we get to these stalemates, I could see somebody saying, wait a minute, this isn't 50-50. Somebody's going to have to win. Somebody's going to have to lose. That means this is this is the end of life as I know it. Yeah, one person, you're saying in this situation, one person would be declared to be more important than the other one. Mm-hmm. And therefore, 
the other one has to take their role as less important. So I want to talk through this. Yeah. I think, I think that's a real and painful dilemma for a lot of couples. That they have in their mindset that their relationship is essentially a struggle for power. I'm not talking about everyone, right? I'm, I'm just, you know, certain people. Um, and in that struggle of for power, the idea is that your partner is your adversary, mm-hmm. right? They become sort of an enemy to you. And of course, we can implicitly understand this is deeply problematic, right? If you're attempting to have closeness and connection and emotional intimacy and have fun and togetherness in a relationship, you don't want to be having uh, an overt or even a powerful covert process of undermining the other person. That's completely contrary to the purpose of Mm -hmm. relationship. And eventually it kind of tears at the whole thing. We want to believe we're pulling on the same rope. And that's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so from my vantage point, I'll go back to our sort of uh, classic uh, central idea here, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, if you're to be cooperating as a team in a relationship, if the couple is to be um, moving forward in their life together, both people, both individuals in that couple have to favor the couple itself over everything else. This, on its surface, sounds like a radical idea because it sort of, I I can hear people almost thinking, oh yeah, but I don't want to give up what I want, Mm -hmm. right? I just got this big promotion and I want to move to Mm-hmm. Michigan or wherever it is, you know what I mean? Like, um, do people want to move to Michigan? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so anyway, it's the idea is that they don't want to give up something, but you and I have a separate idea from mm-hmm. this one, in which we suggest that working as a team to find some common values, things that are more important than money. Yeah, we've talked about this idea that, you know, the thing that we, you know, kind of commonly hear is um, in both of our practices, I don't feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. And we've said that there's really three pages. Yes. There's um, your page, there's my page, and then there's our page. Right. You know, if we're in a relationship. Right. And I think couples are pretty good at understanding what's on their own individual page. Um they lived long enough prior to getting together to have some hopes and dreams and expectations and, you and know, ambitions, ambitions. Absolutely. You know, and so here we are now saying that there's this thing of whose job is going to be most important and how can you not want to look at your own page and go, here are all the reasons on this page why this is so important to me. Yeah. And if you haven't already invested the time and the energy um, to co-create a joint page. This isn't just taking my page and your page and stapling them together. Right. Because there's still two pages there. There's still conflict. Right. But the idea is to say that while our two individual pages are important and I value what's on your page and you value what's on mine, 
we've decided for our future to create something bigger than the contents of either of these pages individually. Bigger than either of us individually. Yeah, there's no way that I could accomplish the things by myself that are on this page. And there's no way that you could. We would have to do this Together. together. And in creating that idea of what we want to advance towards, what we want to look back 20, 30, 50 years from now and say, look what we were able to accomplish together um, as a couple and as a family, those things, when these individual page conflicts start coming around, have to serve the main objective. Now, you had mentioned before we Mm. started, before we did the recording, that you've actually had a little bit of personal experience here. I have. Actually, a very significant decision needed to be made when my wife and I were not long after we were married. So we were in our mid-20s. She was finishing up a program, a PhD program. And the last part of that, uh, other than the dissertation, it was a requirement to do an internship. Mm -hmm. And she applied all over the country to do an internship, and she got one at Harvard one of the Harvard hospitals. We lived in L.A. at that time. I grew up in L.A. My family was in L.A. My job was in L.A. Um, that's, that's really, you know, I mean, that's all I knew, mm-hmm. right, is, uh, is living in Pasadena. And you're both at this position in your career where you're both trying to advance your individual careers. That's right. And it's kind of crunch time. Yeah. And... You have the way the system worked back then. You had to make the decision on the day that you received the call. So literally, wow. So she applied to fourteen different places, and it, it, you know, however many were going to offer you uh, the job, you would have to literally have to say right then on the phone. They'd call you like uh, pre all over the country. Everyone got this call, right? All all interns were getting calls from wherever they applied. It doesn't sound like a therapist put this program. No, it was hor- it's changed since then, but it was pretty horrible, right? It was like really hor- <laughs> this is a horrible situation. So you have to like, you know, so we had to have this discussion like what are we going to do here if you if you get your top choice which was the one she got, mm-hmm. you know, what are we going to do? And it was a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. because it required sacrifice, big sacrifice. For me, changing jobs, you know, she was literally still finishing school. I mean, mm-hmm. this internship was very low pay. Right. And so for me to give up my job to do an internship was going to plunge us into some financial stress, Yep. which it did. And... You can't plan for it because you don't know which one you're going to get until mm-hmm. the day the call comes. You literally don't know where you're going to be moving until the day of the this call. This sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so at that point in our relationship, she and I didn't have this thing that you and I are advocating now where we're having our eye on the, on the ball, right, where we have... A, a set of common values, and we're pushing forward to um, create something that's better for the relationship. Can you imagine? First of all, I know you can imagine the stress and 
the relationship capital that that cost. Yeah. Right. Right. Can you imagine how different that that whole moment could have been if in that moment you could have both looked at each other and said, does this phone call and saying yes to it advance our cause as a family and the things that we hold most important? Yeah. Would that have simplified things? I do think it would have. And in the end, I think we effectively did that, Mm -hmm. but with a lot of pain, Mm -hmm. a lot of argument, you know, a lot of like, oh, this is tough. What do we really do? But in the end, I think both of us understood this opportunity for her was once in a lifetime. Right. Like you're just not going to get another opportunity like this and you sort of have to do it. So let's not make a mistake here. Let's not say, well, it worked out fine anyway, so it didn't, you didn't really need to have right. any goals or objectives. I don't want to run over the fact that you said something really important, that that was really painful yeah. and really hard right. and probably was a little bit painful for more than five minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were months leading up to this where this discussion had to be had over and over, you know, and the planning of it had to be considered because it did mean literally moving across country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and changing jobs and not knowing where that would be. Um, so, yeah, it was a big deal. And I do think it would have been a lot simpler if she and I had had our current, you know, sort of shared values in mm-hmm. place. I think we would have, I, I think we made, would have made the same decision, but we would have come to it with less suffering mm-hmm. you know it, as you mentioned it worked out mm-hmm. but i could see and i actually know people where it didn't work out right and you know either that caused a year-long separation mm-hmm. or the end of a marriage or just you know the beginning of problematic times you know you think of regret yeah you know i wish things would have worked out differently you think of holding the grudge. I can't believe I said yes to this. You know, all of those things that people carry with them. Yeah. Um, that can create some long-term stress versus being able to, to a certain degree, let it go and go. The decision that we made together, although it's going to cause one of us to have to say goodbye to something, it's still smaller than the thing that we're saying yes to. Right. And if you don't have in your head, there's something bigger in play here. To celebrate. To celebrate and to work towards. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a a real sense of loss as you make that move. But there's also a sense of celebration of look what we're doing together. Yeah, to create a better future. To create a better future. And the person who is getting the thing, making the move, versus the person who's not. Yeah. You know, they they in that situation really understand the sacrifice that's being made. Right. Of saying, hey, I am putting us first. And those types of moments are real. They are unavoidable in a real family over a number of years. Yeah. Um, and they can be the things that strengthen you or they can be the things that cause you to fray. Yeah, for sure. And I think, as I mentioned... It would have been infinitely better if we had had our common, the values we have now that we've created now together, our common values, of which one of them is education. Mm-hmm. 
to help us make the decision. In fact, I know now if an opportunity had come up at this point in our lives based on our, you know, on our value of, of education, it would be, it would be easy. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that there wouldn't be, you know, sadness or a sense of loss or, you know, uh, fear related to a change like that. But I think there would be a sort of peace about, oh, we're doing this for a bigger purpose. So I want to go back to kind of where we started, which is the power struggle. Yeah. So if you find yourself in these struggles over a thing, a decision, a direction, and you find yourself realizing that this is a moment where you either get or lose power. And I think people are more defensive when they feel like they're losing power, right? Right. Um, it's a really good indicator that you haven't decided together with your spouse what's important and what you really want. Yeah. I think if you have the presence of mind to think of that power struggle as a cue, mm -hmm. like an indicator to tell you, hey, we need to work on something else. There's something else going on right here besides this power struggle we're trying to work out. We need to figure out how it is that we can become a team so a power struggle is just gone. It's just yeah. not necessary. And we're going to say the same thing every time, which is I think it's going to be building that third page, building that common core values um, that you define together, that you create your language around, that you measure how you use your resources towards, yeah. that you are both in alignment with, that is where you find your success to measure, you know, how are we doing and what, what moves us forward as a family. Totally agree. Absolutely good stuff, Jeff. Hey, thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and follow us so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit relational-media.com.